Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCready. Today's episode focuses in on our question that we've been talking about is, do you know him crucified? And today I point out all that Jesus's death on the cross accomplished for us so that we can give up on the old, stop trying to fix, stop trying to rehab, stop trying to improve, so that we can step into the new that God has provided for us in Christ so that we can be 100% compatible with Him. Take a listen. As always, I hope it helps you go deeper in your own personal process. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad to be with you today, especially for this podcast. The whole world, as they watched the Notre Dame Cathedral and its spire uh, collapse uh, during a raging fire, uh, is mesmerized by the fact that the cross somehow, somewhere within the cathedral, as everything else was burning, the cross there remained. But what I want to challenge you to look at is do not only focus on it as a rare occurrence, as some, you know, unusual thing, uh, or just as a religious relic, Uh, Because God has always been drawing our attention to the cross of Jesus Christ. And so we've been talking here on Tent Talk the last couple of times about do you know him crucified? This is how the Apostle Paul spoke. He came to the end of all his cleverness. And uh, he realized, you know, all of our uh, waxing eloquent isn't going to deliver people from themselves and back to God. And he literally said, I know nothing. I resolve to speak of nothing. I don't want to be aware of anything or conscious of anything other than Christ and him crucified. So as I've been saying, the whole culture, the whole world at this particular time of this Holy Week as we approach uh, Good Friday, this is when you are listening to this is Good Friday. I'm doing it, uh, recording it a few days ahead of time. But you are listening to this hopefully on Good Friday or soon thereafter. And so the whole world is focused in on it, whether they believe it or not. But it has always been the cross of Jesus Christ. It is the center point, the epicenter of what God is doing, how he has recovered us for himself. It is the power by which we live. It is an all-inclusive victory from Jesus to the Father and then to us. You know, the Bible says that to those who are being saved, the cross is the very power of God. To others, it just appears like foolishness, as it did to all of us. <laughs> Before we knew its power, of course the cross seems foolish. Why would a man need to die like that, a death like that for us? You know, basically good people. <laughs> why would why would such a death be necessary? Which, of course, is a great question, because it should prompt us and provoke us to think, yeah, why would God need to come 
Why would he need to come and die such a death, a criminal death, the scripture says, the death of the vilest of criminals? Why would he need to come and die that death? Well, the word tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, I think it's verse 14 and 15 in the Amplified Classic, that one died for all so that men might no longer live for themselves, but to him. And it says that the love of God compels us and urges us to speak this. So it's not just so that I could be forgiven for my bad behaviors. All right. That is definitely included in this magnificent salvation that was won for us on the cross. But this cross, not only did the blood of Jesus, uh, you know, be shed on the cross to pay for all of our sins, but it also provided the crucifixion of the old man, of the old creation, the one that God could not, could not have relationship with and the intimate oneness that he has always desired. You see, we've got to embrace the full gospel, the full power and the work of the cross. So this is why, as I opened up and I said, you know, let us not look at this cross within uh, Notre Dame as some strange supernatural relic that has been left. Yes, it is God speaking to man. At all points and all turns, in all ways, he is always and forever pursuing man with the truth. We have oftentimes accepted uh, the truth of the gospel as we were comfortable with it. But when you start really allowing the cross to be to you what it was meant to be, it is the entire slaughter of the old creation. It is uh, the open uh, crucifixion of the old man which gave Satan all of his authority in the earth. Yes, God is up to something. God is revealing his cross. And I'm, I'm just one of those that says, God, bring the cross back to total prominence within your church so that she can be to you who she's meant to be and be to this world who she is meant to be. God always begins in the household of faith. God is always going to begin with us. And so his dealings with us in the work of Jesus on the cross is very necessary. It must be fully embraced. It is the only answer to the filth and the carnage that we see that runs kind of underground in the church. I'm, I'm just going to share this with you. All right. I believe this is the most redemptive thing that I can ever share with people is God has come for what our real condition is, not what we perceive as our condition, meaning that we just need a little help, okay, that we're basically good and we need a little help. No, the cross heralds and announces uh, to all who will hear God's judgment and his verdict upon the old creation that it is worth nothing but killing. He is done with it. He has no hope for it. And his new creation, birthed through Jesus Christ as the firstborn from the dead of a whole new race, a whole new breed, when he got up, that new man, that new creation, the sons of glory, they are the only ones that God is able to have the full 
um, relationship and fellowship, the intimate oneness that he's always longed for. And if there's one thing that the cross accomplishes is that it finally, finally causes man to be able to be God-centered rather than self-centered. So my question to you continues today. Do you know him crucified? Do you know him crucified? You know, if we look at this knowing him, we see it begins to appear all throughout Scripture. Paul said in Philippians 3, 7 through 10, he said, there is only one reason that I would give up on my good. There is only one reason that I would give up on everything that has been a gain to me. It is for the intimate, progressive knowing of him. It is for Christ's sake. It is that I might share in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. The fellowship. See, we get too focused on the sufferings. But there is a fellowship that is so deep, so intimate, so powerful um, when we fellowship in his sufferings, meaning that we endure as he endured. That this running theme of knowing him oftentimes gets lost in everything else. You know, just like if you look at the very familiar passage of 2 Corinthians 10 through 3, 5 about, you know, that we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Well, which thoughts does it tell you to take captive? It tells you to take thoughts captive that exalt themselves, that keep um, putting themselves above the knowledge of God, the knowing of God, those thoughts that are an attack on him and his character. Why? Well, because that's where Satan began in the garden. Has God really said, you know, God's really trying to keep things from you? You see, we have got to be those that understand that Jesus came for the purpose of returning us to the Father, that we might live in such a depth and such a maturing oneness that we will count it a privilege to fellowship in His sufferings. Do you know Him crucified? You know, Jesus, before He went to the cross in John 17, He prayed, Father, I pray that they would be one with you just like I am one with you. You see, we were called to live just like Jesus, to live in that same way, that same style, that same focus, that same oneness, that same love, that same faith with the Father. Do you know Him crucified? And a part of that that I want to share with you today is to just literally, I want to I don't know if I could use the word overwhelm you with scripture, but I guess I will, is that I want to overwhelm you with scripture that tells us what his death accomplished, okay? Because this is being uh, posted on Good Friday, on the day that we focus in on his crucifixion. Now, don't miss the fact that it's also the day then that you should focus on your crucifixion that you would focus in on the fact that you were in him. That's why the Apostle Paul could say, I have been crucified in Christ. I shared in his crucifixion. Now, why is this so important? All these scriptures, what I'm getting ready to share with you, is so that you will come to the end of all things old. You will come to the end of what the scripture calls your intercourse. <laughs> the Greeks, your intercourse with childish ways, with sin, with your old ways, because there's an intercourse, a oneness with the Father that he longs for. 
You see, if we do not know him crucified, we are going to continue to cycle through all kinds of um, different fountains that we would drink from to be able to, uh, you know, uh, keep just persistently, pervasively needing healing and this and that rather than seeing that God put everything that was old to death. He paid every single thing in the person of Jesus Christ. If you, if I could know him crucified, we would stop begging God to fix the old, to rehabilitate the old, to improve the old. We would stop wishing and hoping that the enemy would stop harassing us. We would become very clear on things that right now we may be confused on. So I want to go through these scriptures, and I'm completely trusting Holy Spirit to be able to make them real to you for you personally. All right, because this death, why know him crucified? Well, because his death took care of everything. Everything that is a barrier between you and God, everything that is a hindrance. Now, learning to live in that power, that's a huge part of discipleship. And here on Tent Talk, we want to provoke you. I want to provoke you deeper into your personal process of discipleship. And so, but we first have to know that this has been accomplished in His death, not in your performance, not in your much, um, you know, activity and, uh, you know, running around, you know, all of those kinds of things, looking for different healings here and there and deliverances. and all. There has been a mighty, mighty, powerful deliverance. And it is an open slaughter in the spirit realm. It's an, and I mean to use these, this language. It is an open slaughter to everything that is of the old and of hell. And you better know that hell knows it because hell is quite aware of the crucifixion of Jesus. They are quite aware of his resurrection straight there in the pits of hell when the Father gloriously, through the power of Holy Spirit, literally quickened Jesus to life. Hell knows it. The problem is, is when the church doesn't know it. And so therefore, in our much cleverness, we run around trying to get all these things. So again, let me just sum all this up by, yes, the cross is coming to prominence. But don't let some cross that lived through a fire be more important to you as some historical religious relic. Let the throbbing present power of the cross of Jesus Christ be working effectually inside of you. So what did this death, this crucifixion, what did it accomplish? I already shared with you that in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15, it says, For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. Do you understand that our greatest deliverance is from ourselves? I was once addicted to alcohol and many other things, the approval of people, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, what God had to show me was that I was addicted to me. Because who chose that alcohol? I did. 
At 16 years of age, I decided, hey, I like this. I like what it does for me. I choose. I chose it, and I kept choosing it over and over and over again until the very power of sin then had mastery over me. So you see, I wasn't really truly addicted to alcohol. I was addicted to me and what I thought would help me, what I thought would provide for me, what I thought would comfort me. We need to be those that understand that the cross is not just to pay for some behaviors that I did that were wrong. They are that the cross has come to deliver me from my independent self-life that I was living apart from God. Because remember, remember, I repeat myself on purpose. Remember, his heart's desire has always been to be one with you. So this being separated from him, being independent from him, it's a big deal to him. And that is what the cross ultimately deals with. Romans 5.10 says, For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son. Therefore it is much more certain, now that we are reconciled, that we shall be saved, daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life. Now, what that said was, for if while we were enemies, okay, not basically good people who needed a little help, we were enemies by nature. That is why God had to put to death the old man. All right, we've got to see this straight from Scripture. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. Now, looking at Hebrews 2.9, and if I'm not mistaken, all of these are out of the Amplified Classic. Okay, in his death, okay, we see, Hebrews 2.9, that, that he, in order that by the grace of God to us sinners, he, Jesus, might experience death for every individual person. Listen, let your uh, mind think upon this just for a little bit. That Jesus tasted death for every single individual person. There is nobody that knows what you are living through. There is nobody that knows the trouble that you have seen and caused. Mm -hmm, I'm talking to myself. There is no one that knows about you more intimately than Jesus. And this could be the cure for our victim mentality, that nobody understands me. Nobody knows me. Well, Jesus knows you and understands you like nobody else could because he's actually tasted death for every single individual person. This salvation is more than human words can actually explain. So this is why I'm completely dependent and hopeful that Holy Spirit is going to completely reveal to you Christ and Him crucified, that He is going to show you in technicolor, panoramic view, that He is going to show you for you personally, that Jesus is intimately acquainted with your grief, sorrows, with sin, sin that you've committed, sin that's been committed against you. He has tasted death for every single individual person. So we know that uh, there is nobody that knows what we have lived through. And if you allow Christ and Him crucified, if you have intimate knowledge of Him, you will know once and for all, I have been known, I have been understood. My God is not distant. No one could have come closer to me than Jesus did 
Because literally, Jesus did not just die for you. He died as you. He died as you, my friends. He died as you. He became sin that he who knew no sin, okay, could then cause us to become the righteousness of God. There is nobody that knows what you're going through like Jesus. That victim um, mentality is forever silenced. Uh, and it says in Hebrews 2.18, it says, For because he himself in his humanity has suffered in being tempted, tested, and tried, he is able to immediately run to the cry of those who are being tempted, tested, and tried, and who therefore are being exposed to suffering. So that's another element of it. Another dimension of this is that when we cry out, we stop trying to be stoic. We stop trying to handle everything. We stop, you know, victimizing ourselves, traumatizing ourselves over and over and over again. And we let out a cry to the only one who truly knows you and understands you on all levels, on all sides, in all situations and circumstances. You are going to receive something that literally is born of the Spirit of God and will shoot adrenaline into your soul. One version of the scripture, I want to say it's the Message Bible, says that it becomes iron in your soul. But it must proceed from the Spirit and the cross of Jesus Christ. We don't want anything that originates in the soul of man. This is part of the church's problem today. Why she's weakened and defiled and shallow is because she keeps going to her own means by which she will deliver herself. We want to be those who go to the cross. Here on Tent Talk, I want to provoke you. Get under the tent of His presence and say, Holy Spirit, show me Christ and Him crucified that I might know you and stop all this running around, being an open, you know, open prey for imposters. You know, this is what the Word says when we stay childish, running around, not knowing the fullness of our salvation. So, we have seen that the cross, meaning his death, uh, made certain that death uh, was tasted of uh, completely and totally. We see that he has reconciled us to the Father by his death. We see in Hebrews 2.14 that it says that he brings to naught means to nothing, and makes of no effect him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. You see, it is in the death of Jesus that the devil was completely brought to nothing. His authority, everything, has been dealt with in the death of Jesus Christ. The devil has been brought to nothing. And when we embrace the cross, we embrace the very power to completely stand uh, apart from the enemy and completely clothed in the life and authority of Jesus Christ. You better know, hell hopes that you don't uh, hear this. Then it hopes if you hear it that you don't care about it. Then it hopes that you certainly don't choose it. But if you renounce and give up on everything else, which really and truly one of the old saints, uh, A.W. Tozer, said that the depth of intimacy that the Father seeks begins when we renounce all of our own ways of trying to fix ourselves and those around us. You see, Jesus and Him crucified is what dealt with the devil. This is why the devil would love to make a crossless church. This is why the devil would want to absolutely make it to where there's no wrath of God. There's no need for all of that. Don't be so silly. 
Well, what he's trying to do is to deceive and to completely neuter the church, bring her to powerlessness, no ability to produce, no ability to do anything because she starts embracing a counterfeit intimacy with the Father. She starts embracing something that's not born of the cross because really there was no need for all of that because we, you know, were never really that that bad, which the issue isn't even that we were bad, it's that we were dead. We were dead, meaning, now listen to this carefully, dead means we were separated from life himself. We were separated from God that is our greatest trouble. That's our greatest trauma, is that we are born separated from life himself. So first and foremost, the cross realizes for God the return of his new creation to himself. And then it goes on to deal with every single thing that needed to be dealt with. And certainly the devil needed to be dealt with. And so he was in the death of Jesus uh, we see that Hebrews 2, 14. This is why Jesus could say, all authority has been given unto me. You see, the father preached the gospel to the devil in Genesis 3. And he said, you see this woman right here, these that have rejected me, He's talking about Adam and Eve. He said, through this woman shall come a seed, an offspring, and he is going to crush your head. You will nip his heel but he is going to crush your head, which meant crush your authority. And so the devil did have rightful authority over man and over the earth because man gave it to him. All right. But God was good enough that literally right there in the garden. And I know we talked about this last time, but it's such good news. I lose myself every time I start to talk about it. But he, he said this. This is what's going to happen. And how many of you know God keeps his word? God is looking to perform his word. And most definitely, he kept his word. And if I could interject again and say that what God was saying in the cross is we are coming for our sons. Plan A is still on. So what else do we see that was accomplished and completely taken care of in this, this magnificent death of Jesus Christ? This is why I'm asking the question today, do you know him crucified? is that we see in Romans 6, verse 6, that the old man, the depraved, independent, old creation was put to death. That is why I can free up your time, my friends, is that you can stop working on self. Because God's verdict upon the old man was he was worth killing. God does not, God loved us when we were yet sinners and the old man. Okay, that's why Christ came and died for us. But it wasn't so that he could try to have relationship with the old man or with sinners. Because we had to become the ones that he chose out before the foundations of the world in Christ. We had to become their creation. We had to become who they made us to be for us to have this oneness. So the whole point in us being new is so we can be 100% compatible with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit so that we can be an expression of their way of life in the earth, so that we can be an extension of their authority. So we have to see that God completely put down the old man, that depraved 
uh, uh, creation. And what was the depravity? Well, the depravity was that they decided that they would rather be son, they would rather be God than be sons to God. And they actually believed that they could be omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, the all-seeing, all-powerful one. And so that creation, the old creation, had to be put to death. So, you know, you can know that uh, that creation has been dealt with in the death of Jesus Christ. He died a criminal's death because that's what we deserved. He died our death. He died the death that was uh, assigned to us. Uh, so here's that scripture. It says that we know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be the slaves of sin. So you see, once you know that the old man, the old creation, was put to death, you must know as a born-again Christian that you are no longer a sinner. You must know that the old nature was crucified so that you could receive the nature of Jesus himself. The divine nature is what 2 Peter 1.4 states, that we now share in their nature. So these things have to be embraced if we're going to get up and live the life with him that we have been called to. So let me let me continue on. The next thing that his death dealt with was demons. Colossians 2.15 God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold, bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it the cross. Every demon in hell knows that Jesus Christ has been completely, 100% victorious. They were disarmed. They completely know that he made a bold display and a public example of them. His death ended any legal right that they had to us. And so we must be those who now live as ones who have been completely set free. He put them to open shame. We should not be allowing them to put us to open shame. He made a show of the demonic. He is the one who has been completely and totally victorious. So you can shout all day long, but is there the power of the finished work of Jesus in your shout? You can whisper, is the power of the finished work of the cross, is that in your whisper? You see, if we knew all that Jesus has completely uh, performed and done and now imparted to us, we would be walking different. We would be taking authority over us, and we would also be liberators for those around us. So moving forward, what else did his death accomplish? Colossians 2.14 is that it paid for every single debt. He is the Lamb who was slain for the sins of the world. That means all of your sins, all the sins of those who have uh, abused you, offended you, all of the, every person that's ever lived, is living, will ever live. It says in, uh, I believe I already said it, but let me make sure I said it again, Colossians 2.14, it says, Having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note, the bond, with its legal decrees and demands, which was in force and stood against us, this note, with its regulations, decrees, and demands, he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross. 
So we have to know that there hasn't just been some little erasing of, of sin, as though God just overlooks it and acts like it didn't really happen. No, God acknowledged sin, and then he required payment for it. There was blood that violently poured from the body of Jesus Christ because God does not play with sin. He doesn't take it lightly. He believes that someone should die and pay for what has happened. Now, I don't have time to go into it today, but that is the foundation for us then who have received so great a forgiveness to then release it to others But before we release it to others as we forgive them, when we receive it for ourselves and when we receive it as God's justice for sin, it floods our soul and our soul is literally satisfied. I don't need a pound of flesh from any other human to make me okay. I don't need them to pay for what I Uh, require of them. God has required it of himself. And if I'm willing, and if you're willing, we can drink very deep of our Father's provision, and our souls literally will begin to reflect the power and purity of our spirit man, and we can get up with strong legs, strong arms, strong hands, and get up and live the life that we have been called to live. Oh, do I wish I had more time to talk about that. All right, so we must know that all debts have been taken care of, all diseases, it says in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, and in Matthew 8, 17, it says, And thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, that he himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses, infirmities, and bore away our diseases. Isaiah 53 said it, With the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. We must take the full provision of the cross of Jesus Christ. It is his death that also has ended the relationship with sin. Sin as a power. Romans 6.10 says, For by the death he died. Now come on now, stay with me on this podcast, okay? Don't get bored with your salvation. All right. Do you know him crucified? For by the death he died, he died to sin once for all. And the life that he lives, he is living to God in unbroken fellowship with him. The power of sin has completely lost its hold over mankind through the death that Jesus died on the cross. I don't have to answer sin. I don't have to engage with it. I don't have to beg it to leave. I must know that all has been taken care of in the death of Jesus. Do you know him crucified? In the same manner, the law has been dealt with. Romans 7, 4 and 6 says, Likewise, my brethren, you have undergone death as to the law through the crucified body of Christ, so that now you may belong to another, capital A, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. For now we are discharged from the law and have terminated all intercourse with it, having died to what once restrained and held us captive. So now we serve not under obedience to the old code of written regulations, but under obedience to the promptings of the Spirit in newness of life. Wow! 
Wow, wow. Oh, cross of Jesus Christ. Come back into full, full prominence. Galatians 3.13 says every curse has been dealt with. Generational curses that all come out of the one curse that was put upon man. Galatians 3.13 says every man that hangeth on a tree becomes a curse. We can know. Just like in my family, I was able to put uh, an end eventually in my life sexual perversion, alcoholism, and other curses that were uh, the iniquity, if you will, that ran through my family lines, the only answer to that was the cross of Jesus Christ, that when Jesus became the curse and he became sin, he paid it fully. And when I stand in his total and complete victory of the cross, I am cut off and severed from all of the old generational curses. The Bible also says in Galatians, I believe it's verse 6, that says, I am crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me. So can I just say to you as we close out for today, please do not be bored with your so great a salvation. Take these scriptures. Listen to this podcast again. Meditate upon the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Let its power be made real to you by Holy Spirit. Do not spend your life trying to rehab or fix or improve something that God is completely done with. Don't try to live according to the law. Know that Jesus did that for you, and now He gives you grace. Listen to me carefully. Not cheap grace, costly grace. He gives you the very ability to live like Him. For I have been crucified, nevertheless, yet I live. But this life that I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God and the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Let us get up and live the life that Christ has put within us. Do not accept anything less. This hour of history is calling for us to take hold of all that God has provided, that we may live as sons to Him. And I promise you, in that maturing oneness, the world will know that Jesus is the one that he sent. So listen to this again, write out those scriptures and look at it and embrace the very death of Jesus Christ so that you can also embrace your new life in him. Do you know him crucified? I love you all and I can't wait for us to be together again. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.